Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Charlie's Angle. I am your host, Charlie Crable, and with me, as always, is my co-host, producer, and initial show sponsor, Jeff Pitcher. Hello. So before we get going, um, sometimes when we make plans for the next show, we should probably, like, think about announcing them too soon because we pull fully... We're prepared to come at you guys with some Howie Hawkins stuff. I, I was a little frivolous, though. That, no, it, it's not because you know what? I was really, I was actually always prepared to talk about Howie Hawkins until Joe Biden snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> and of course, what I'm talking about right now is his pick of Kamala Harris for his vice presidential. It, for the vice presidency. Yeah, if you listened to the last episode, you heard us talking about not knowing who it would be because we recorded it about an hour before the announcement was made. And then, you know, I mean, and, and I actually felt, though, that still, I, you know, the last week's episode about your vote always counting still. All of our points are still valid. It's still yeah. valid. There's absolutely nothing we can change. We do pay attention to the news. We're, well, I mean, yeah, we'd like to sound like we kind of know what we're talking about. You do. But, yeah, you, you every once do. in a while. But anyway, so, we, you know, we want, and we still want to do this before the election, is that I would love to be able to do something a little bit more on Howie Hawkins and what he stands for, because I'm actually going full bore right now. After this Kamala Harris pick, I'm not going to be nice <laughs> about my politics anymore. I am not going to accept the fact that people have to choose one sex offender or another to be the president. We're actually arguing over which sex offender would be better for presidency. And you know what? I'm tired of it. We have had decades and decades of this lesser evil bullshit that we are faced with all the time, every year from the local level up to the federal level. And this pick of Kamala Harris just was the cherry on top of this Sunday that I've been feeling toward our political system because I don't understand who in their right mind thought she'd be good because you know that Biden didn't pick her. So now oh, I will no. say this. The DNC picked the her. The DNC picked her. As a matter of fact, they probably have to remind Joe Biden every day. Oh, don't forget that Kamala Harris is your running mate because oh, yeah. who's that? If, if ever he's allowed out of his basement. Um, but anyways, I just, it to me, this was like actually showing just about how far we've plunged into the depths of the abyss when it comes to our political system. And, you thought I skewered Andrew Cuomo the last time. Put it this way, Tulsi didn't roast Tulsi Gabbard didn't roast Kamala Harris at a debate as much as we plan on doing today because and she did a great job. And she did a great yeah. job. We're gonna get into that too. But you know, the thing is is that I'm looking at what is facing our nation right now, just in the forefront, besides COVID-19, the other big story has been police brutality. And <laughs> it's existed from, like I said, from San Diego to the northernmost part of Maine and everywhere in between. You can say it's not even just police brutality, but uh, the the criminal justice system in, 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 general. in, in entirety. So... Uh, Incarceration, private prisons, all that kind of stuff. You know, prosecutors, defense attorneys, all that kind of stuff yeah, that just gets into all, all kind of has to get uh, overhauled. And, you know, it really does. And I think that they've made that point clear. Now, the thing is, is that for, for all intents and purposes, even though she was a DA um, in California and then was the attorney general for a little while, essentially, she's a cop. Yeah, if you've seen Law and Order, you yeah. know that uh, Hang 'em High Jack McCoy works with the cops to prosecute the defenders that, or yeah, to 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 prosecute the defendants that they bring in after an arrest. Well, and so that's work... actually how indictments come up as a cooperative thing between a police yeah. investigation and a DA. So she's a cop. Okay, I don't care what anybody wants to say. She's a cop. So 
this is how the Democrats respond. You know, we haven't had what, like close to 90 days of unrest and demonstrations. A lot of them, they're not quite as violent now as they were. And I do think that's because Trump finally pulled the feds out from places like Portland because that just exacerbated it. But I, but the thing is, is that what have people been fighting for, for at least, I mean, for years and years and years, but all of these demonstrations, and here's the thing you had every single friggin' Democrat in Washington to the state houses and everything. We stand with the protesters, black lives matter. They pulled a stunt in the Capitol rotunda after this happened with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They were taking a knee, you know, the most white bread people in the world. And, you know, and anyways, and they were wearing like the African garb and like, the, you know, take, so every single Democrat at all levels was like, yes, we're with you. We hear you. We're going, you know, we're going to change the system. If you want it to stay the same, vote for Donald Trump, but we're going to be the ones who changes it. And then they respond. First of all, by Giving Biden the nomination, who is the author of that crimes bill in 1994 that turned out to punish black people at a higher rate than any other race. There are so many black men and women in prisons because of this crime bill. And the thing is, is that that's not bad enough already because to a lot of voters now, 1994 might as well be 1894. Right. You know, however, they turn around and nominate a vice president who spent her career abusing that law. And a host of other laws that they're doing it. That's their response, okay? The Democratic Party, by putting forth this ticket, just flipped the middle finger right into the eyes of the Black Lives Matter movement and every single black American and their their allies from other races who have been fighting for reasonable change. And they come up with this freaking ticket. And here's the thing that really is getting me hot about this is that – I already know that I never wanted Trump to be president in the first place. I don't want four more years of Donald Trump, but I certainly don't want four years of this crap no. because it's just going to be, you know, you know what it is? It's going to be the exact same kind of White House that you're seeing right now, only now people will not constantly be always on the attack. As a matter of fact, we're going to get into this later. A lot of the media is going to cover for them, even though that White House is not going to be any different oh, yeah. than Trump's. Okay. They're 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 not. And let's just start. Like Fox News will be the only media source on the attack. That that will be it, most likely. Most likely, yeah. you're not gonna you're not, and and you will still get it, obviously, from except, except for rogue media sources like <clears throat> yours truly. Yeah, like us. I mean, you know, and <clears throat> and believe me, I you know what I do want to do at some point is before the election is I would really like to I, I really feel like if I'm gonna attack Biden and. Kamala Harris here. I am going to dedicate a show to actually talk about my feelings on Donald Trump as as president because we've made it very clear, both of us on the show, we're not voting for either one of these guys and it has absolutely nothing to do well, maybe a little bit to do with the fact that we lean libertarian and everything and are libertarians, but here's you know, going into this election cycle, I was actually thinking I could live with a certain democratic not, you know, combination White House. Oh yeah, if you threw, if you threw like um, Andrew Yang, if he got the nomination and he was running for president, had the on the Democratic ticket, he he's a he's a smarter guy than the rest of the people that were on that stage. Absolutely, with the exception maybe of Tulsi Gabbard. Well, either of those two people may have had my vote. Tulsi Gabbard, I could you know, and here's the thing. We haven't realized that Joe Biden was this senile until he was basically the presumptive nominee because he was always in tightly. And you saw little bits of it in his unscripted things, but he was still like kind of 
I, I mean, up until that point, I was because I was thinking of the Joe Biden in 2008 that was Barack Obama's. You know, I liked that Joe Biden. I thought that Joe Biden was, you know, you know, really good moderate. I thought he was a good, um, you know, he seemed to be a voice of com- common sense. He knows how, you know, the little guy lives because he lived like, I mean, this is a guy in his Senate career. Instead of buying a townhouse in D.C., he just took the Amtrak from Delaware to D.C. every day when he did his work. I mean, it, you can't get much more blue collar than this yeah, guy. It's like a, it's like a two hour trip. It, yeah. yeah, you can get work done. You get a lot of work done. So I, I just like am, am like now after seeing like a lot of his stuff, like, like his big gas and his racist <laughs> remarks and stuff. Listen like, here, fat. Yeah, I mean, she's, <laughs> you know, or, you know, you I don't work for you, you know, and all this other crap. I mean, he really puts on. I, I mean, I, I wasn't going to vote for this ticket anyway, but I do not understand for the life of me how any Democrat could be OK with this ticket. So we're going to go ahead, and you know, because the thing is, is that she's already trying to hop on the bandwagon about ending qualified immunity and holding police departments more accountable and all this, you know, semi-defund the police. But I'm telling you right now, her record doesn't match her rhetoric, and it's not even close. So if Kamala Harris becomes vice president, because here's the thing, the Democrats seem to think that she should be one heartbeat away from the nuclear codes. Right. Are you kidding me? I don't want Trump and Pence anywhere near them either, but I mean, you, you know, this woman. I think, I think they have a, a fake football that they have around with them for, for, for Trump. Like, yeah, go ahead. Yep, yep. Yeah, you can have both keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, it's just, sure. Uh huh. It'll definitely work. Yeah, work. Yeah. I mean, tr- Trump has actually shown that he really likes the fact that the military's got great toys and he's not afraid to play with them, which is kind of funny, but it's off the. So, anyways, what we want to do here is I'm not just going to, we're not going to just like hammer Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. We're not going to hammer this ticket without actual proof. So, like I said, her record does not match her rhetoric. And I'm going to start right now since my her, here's the thing. During her career, she put nearly 2,000 black people in jail for marijuana offenses. And then when she gets asked if she ever smoked marijuana, she giggles about it. Makes, you know, joking about it, which, by the way, for the record, I really wish the politicians right now would just come out and, and flat out admit, you know what? I smoke pot. Because we're getting into an age right now where even like the older 50, 60, 70 year olds grew up in the era where smoking weed was fine. How many of them didn't trip on acid? That's what I mean. They probably all have. And I never actually, I mean, I told, I was thought that way about Bill Clinton in the 90s. I never inhaled. Bullshit. Just admit that you did. Nobody's going to, anybody who would care about that wouldn't get your vote. You wouldn't get their vote anyway. So, anyways, but there's that hypocrisy here because, you know, we believe. You know, here at Charlie's Angle, you know, obviously that all marijuana laws should be stricken from the records. It oh, should be fully legalized. There should be no amount that's legal either. Just no. no. Just get, make it legal. You, it's, if I want to have three pounds of weed in my house, I have that right to do yeah, it. It like it like smells kind of strong. That's my only real complaint about it. Yeah, I mean, it's just so. I mean, so. But the thing is, is that we're talking about Black Lives Mattering, but she's got two thousand. She put two thousand of them in jail. Now, some of them might have been connected with some other offenses and stuff like that. But well, by, sure. Like, like, okay. Let's say, like, okay, a marijuana offense, but they're also, um, you know, they're also like, say, importing and selling heroin, and they're most likely also involved in uh, prostitution rings, and not just. Having sex and getting paid for it, but no, like but, actually pimping somebody out, and 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 there were, and I'm going to acknowledge that 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 number the, from the sources that I figured out when they're talking about that are probably saying that that it 
that might have been the case for about half of them. Yeah, but still, that's a thousand then. Yeah, close to a thousand. Still a thousand that that wasn't the case for. No, and and then she jokes. So so I sort of like a do as I say, not as I do. So now you got a woman who's not even could consistent on that you know i don't want to say i'm not going to keep saying woman because i don't want anybody to think that i'm being a misogynist even though i've made it very clear i'm actually voting for a woman not to be vice president but to be president and we've all uh, you've also uh, um shown your support for tulsi absolutely and uh, there you go well, i could you know what? i her statism bothered me but her for and, and here's the thing about tulsi gabbard and we're going to get into how she just because you know my i'll tell that favorite joke about this whole thing when i get to it but you know i mean i could have I don't know if I would have necessarily been comfortable with her on the presidential side, but I mean, I could have been convinced for VP or sex state. What sex state? Yeah, uh, Secretary of State. That'd Secretary be awesome. Of state. She'd be great. Or UN ambassador. Anything like anything that would involve her foreign policy credentials. You know what? Make her ambassador to Russia. I mean, you know, just all there, there's so many. Oh man, Putin would be terrified of her. Uh, absolutely, and he should be. <laughs> so you know, the thing is, is that like there are Democrats. And women who I largely would support. So when I say woman, I'm only referring as an individual. It has nothing to do with all women. I just don't want anybody to think I'm being a misogynist here. So I had to qualify that. So anyways, so first of all, we've got all these black men that are in jail for marijuana offenses in prison. Also, the the federal courts in California um, were looking to expand a release of program. I'm sorry. A release program for nonviolent criminals is what they want. Basically, what they wanted to do is they wanted to start clearing out these prisons of people who are serving sentences for nonviolent crimes, which in our book, I mean, yes, I mean, there can be nonviolent crimes, but really, how many of those are no victim, no crime type of thing, you know? Uh. Probably, not, probably not much, but anyway, so they, they want, but here's the thing. Her reason had absolutely nothing to do with public safety. Her reason had to do that she didn't want to lose inmates who were getting paid $2 an hour to help fight wildfires that were, they're using slave labor. That sounds a lot like slavery. Which, mm. by the way, she could probably understand since her family history and on the Jamaican side is all slave trade too, but, well, We'll dig into that later. This is actually though, it's it's basically legalized slavery. Well, that's all that's all these work programs are anyway. Yeah. I, work I, release is a different story. Though. Work release is different, but prison work programs, I I'm a hundred percent against them because it is slave labor. So I mean, and I understand like you know, they want to keep the inmates busy. Okay, keep them busy by giving them skills and an yeah. education. Well, they make and, license plates, right? Uh yeah. But like we also pay for our license plates. Yes. And so they're not getting any this of it. is that's New York though, and yeah. um, maybe different in other states. Then I guess we should probably pay the people that are making them. Well, I would think so. I mean, now, remember, and this is sort of an, it's a, it's an example of this. But I remember when during this COVID crap that uh, you know Governor Cuomo made this big announcement about having you know New York made hand sanitizer that they basically got the prisons to do. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then there's like connected to the Stilling Company that also made some. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, so anyway, so I mean, we we here at Charlie's Angle are actually opposed to prison labor programs because we believe it's slavery. But, however, Kamala Harris, who supposedly says black lives matter, because guess what? A lot of these criminals were also black. They obviously only matter to her when they could pay her $2 a day to perform work that, you know, a professionally trained firefighter who earns $90,000 a year, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's you know, it's ridiculous. She also supported San Francisco. This is a little bit crazy, too. They they came up with this idea to start charging parents with misdemeanors that were, like, heavy fine and, like, even up to one year in jail if their kid skips school. 
And the thing is, is that she was claiming jailing parents was a quote unintended consequence. No, that's the no, exact. When you make something illegal, the the consequence is jail or fines. That's and this one was like up to a two thousand dollar fine and up to I did and up to a year in jail, which is what any misdemeanor you know law can do. But the thing is, is that it was no longer it was proved false by all of this. You know, so I mean, so what in the world are you guys? you know, coming in at, you know, I mean, so you can't believe anything that she says. Here's something that I actually think, oh, wait, we're looking up some things on the, on the truant laws. I'm just, I was just looking for a definition for myself. Oh, okay. No problem. No problem. Um, but anyways, so when she was California. Oh, okay, okay. Hang on. Yeah. So if I, uh, left school at lunch right. and didn't come back. Because in Johnstown, if you're in good standing, you can leave for lunch and come yeah. back for your courses. But let's say I didn't come back and I was caught skipping my 6th, uh, seventh, 6th, seventh, and 8th period classes. And dad and mom are at work. Dad and mom are at work. They don't know. For all they know, I'm in school and my grades don't suffer. My grades were terrible, so well. that's not the case. But does that mean my parents are then could get charged because of this well, truancy law. And it happened. Um, there were, I mean, I know that she herself issued a bunch of traffic citations, but they said that actually what wind up happening um, is that in one County there was, yeah, see, there's been some arrests, you know, you know, that, and she's spinning the facts on these truancy laws and stuff like that. Cause she was totally supportive of this. So, I mean, it's like he, you know, so I mean, think about the ridiculousness. They're going to put a parent in jail for his kids skipping school. It looks like it's not a first offense thing, but like no. once you're in stage two, they're subject to prosecution, well, whatever stage it's two. It's not would a be. first offense, but you know what? Come on, your parents should know if you if you did that because you know what, my school did the same thing for actually nine through twelve, not just seniors, because it was such a small town. It was in Milford. It's a little town oh, between sure. Cooperstown and Oneonta, yeah, yeah. Uh, Central Lather Stacking area of New York for those three people outside of New York State who listen. Um, did you say logger stacking? No. What you, uh, uh, leather stocking? Leather stocking. Oh, I misheard. I was like, <laughs> yeah, logger stacking. Yeah. What is... Logger stacking is what happens north of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is leather. But anyways, so, so we were allowed to do that too. And you know what? There were a lot of times... I didn't come back. Oh sure, I was I was not a kid that would skip school, but m my parents were a little um, rigid on things, so I, that was that. I mean, I didn't really ever skip school until like my senior year. Oh, senioritis, is yeah. A thing. Well, and I mean, I had such an easy schedule, and I was in no danger of failing any of my classes. There were definitely times when I <laughs> see I was, and that's uh, why I couldn't afford to miss anything. Well, <laughs> it was just I mean, if this had happened in my junior year, I'd have been big trouble. I almost didn't make it out of it, but <laughs> in some courses, but senior year they did, yeah. But I mean, here's the thing, you know, at the time, my both of my my dad worked full time, my mom worked part time at a private school, but at the same time, she was also homeschooling my youngest brother and my youngest sister so you know it was partially but they were too young to really be at school you know it's just me and my two brothers there but i would do it all the time now here's the thing my parents sent me off to school and they saw me driving over off to school that day would they probably assume that i went to school and stayed there all day but I, sometimes i admit it, i was a senior and there were days i got to that school that i was just like you know what can't do it today I'm done. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, it was just so. But the thing is, is that like, I don't think that my parents should be fined or thrown in jail, even if it's a because there are things that parents you you par other people think that parents can have this kind of control over their children. Now, 
obviously, if they raise them right, they well, could, like, some kids are good kids, some kids are bad kids. They are, and some kids skip for other reasons. They do. Were you uh, were you bullied in high school? No, not really. I mean, some ah. people tried. I never got. You know, I mean. I, I guess maybe a couple of times, but the reality was is that actually I always fought back. So see, I um couldn't. I was a very weak kid. Yeah. But my and I didn't skip school for this real. I would pretend to be sick to not have to go to school certain right. days. But um, one of my brothers was getting um got the worst of the got the worst of the bullying growing okay. up, and he um and he just like left one day, and they're like, "You're gonna get suspended if you do that." And he's like. Oh, Okay. Yeah, fine. Great. Take care of the problem or suspend me. Don't care. Well, and it, some people skip school for reasons other than they being do. debaucherous and kids. For, as far as the bullying in my school, our Milford's a really tiny school district. And the other thing is, too, is that I had two brothers and, like, the three of us were you know, born 74, 75, 76. Okay. So we were, my parents were busy for the first Your brothers had your back. You had your brothers yeah, back. Yeah, and, and the thing was, it was a small enough school that, like, I mean, I, I'll be honest, this happened the one time. We came out of class one time, and my brother was getting thrown up against a locker. That was a bad mistake because I came on one end of the hallway, and my brother brother came in on the, and we cleared the whole spot out. You know, it was sort mm-hmm. of like you mess with one, you mess with three. Yeah. So that's really why the bullying was much of a problem with us sure. because three were better on one is better. Yeah. And it's a small school district. It is. It is. But so, people, kids can skip school for other things. Yeah, yeah, it's not just you know. I mean, and whatever. I and mean, then if, you can blame the school district. Put them in jail. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, so, but anyways, I mean, the thing is, is that this wasn't an unintended consequence. This is exactly what Kamala Harris was looking to do. She wants to put parents in jail. And let's face it, probably in her district, the vast majority of parents whose kids were probably truant were African-American. Probably. I'm just saying, (laughs) no, because that's, and it's a big, large city district, and that's where, you know, your students, and that's probably, so again, Young black lives and young black lives, black parenting lives don't matter to come on. So you're gonna, so you're gonna put black parents in jail because of the black kids that were skipping school, and you're just gonna add to the problem of systemic racism. Yes, and I mean, I mean, and here's the thing: is that look, I realize that Kamala Harris is a woman of color. I would like to know though: is she the first? Indian American to be elected to the Senate, and now all of a sudden the first African American woman. I mean, there's playing... also there's also a lot of like she's Jamaican, she's not black. Well, I'm like, all right, no, <laughs> whatever. You're, if you're, <laughs> I've been to Jamaica, they're black. Yeah, it's the vast majority yeah. of the population. Well, it's um, it's bo- um, it's Bohemian instead of like um, African American. Yeah, like, but they're still black. Well, yeah, they're still black. I mean, are they a product of the slave trade? Yeah, there you go. They're, it doesn't really matter what color their skin is. Were they involved in the slave trade? Yeah. On the other end of it? Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, this is, again, you know, if you look at, because she was she was DA in San Francisco and in that county there, which is, you know, an urban county. You know, she's born in Oakland. You know, I mean, she, she's not, it's not like she was country club. I mean, she should know that her decisions when you're a district attorney in an urban area like this are probably going to disproportionately affect black families than any other racial subgroup in that city oh sure you know so again now we're putting black parents in jail i don't know if any they i didn't actually get specific specifics of the parents who were thrown in jail so i can't say this but i'm just basing it on the law of probability yeah uh, yeah based on populations that makes sense yes so now here's a couple of things though this next one here is one of the most egregious acts when she was california's attorney general they were calling for advanced DNA testing that would likely have cleared Kevin Cooper, the guy who's a black man who's accused of murder, whose trial was tinged with racism and corruption. So it was a basic BS trial 
of an innocent guy. And the thing is, is that that was really exposed. And by the New York Times, the New York Times kind of goes out of their way to protect anybody with a Democrat after their label, okay? They have a tendency. The New York Times could not could not support something. Let's say it did an expose. And ex, you know, I mean, they just, you know, and I was after the, I mean, so what I'm saying is, is that this is not a conservative fake news site. This is actually a legitimate. Yeah, and, it's not the New York Post. It's New York Times. Yeah. And all of a sudden, after the New York Times expose, she decides to change her position, which, again, is convenience. I realize that some people do grow, but she was an attorney general, like, in the early 2000s. So, eh. You know, I just, it's not that long ago (laughs) that she was into this. Um, The other thing is, is that when a federal judge in California ruled the death penalty unconstitutional, now she could defend the ruling or stay out of the matter entirely as the attorney general. That's her privilege and stuff like that. She appealed that decision. And she claims that the decision undermines important protections that our courts provide to defendants. I did did, also from the New York Times. So basically, she's advocating for the death penalty. Now, I, I, she's going to say that she's anti death penalty. She's not. She's pro death penalty. And, you know, the thing is, my position has actually evolved on that over the years. And, like, I mean, I used to. Death by wood chipper. Well, that's for pedos. Yeah. Which, by the way, I pretty sure that trump and biden would qualify for the wood, wood chippers so but we'll we'll wait till the facts come out about that <laughs> but no yeah I mean, but but in reality i mean for a lot of these things i don't see what killing that person is going to do for anything you know i mean i know it provides closure but it saves us a little money uh yeah i know but at the same time i'm like That's, that sounded so heartless well me. it is but I, you know what got me i'm gonna skip a little bit back on the death penalty where i what changed for me was um when they put tukey williams who was the founder of the crips to death he was in jail for a robbery and a murder. You know what I mean? He he deserved the, under the law the death penalty. Yeah, he might have emotionally deserved everything else. Yeah, but what they had him for was was yeah a couple uh, years in jail. Yeah, I mean they so when they put him to death, you know the one thing I looked at was you know this guy had spe- he he actually he didn't renounce everything from the Crips, but the thing is he worked overtime to try to prevent you know he's particularly young black men from falling into the same traps that he did. Mm. So now you were actually taking, now that I looked at it, I looked at his execution is like, you're taking a guy who's actually showing a turnaround and trying to keep kids from, you know, I do think that he, he probably could have saved himself a little bit better if he would have taken full responsibility for his crime. He never really did that. But at the same time, I'm like, here's a guy from prison who's reaching out to the black community the majority of whom are make up the prison population. He's trying to keep black people out of jail. So anyways, that kind of, it was also California. So anyways, I was like, there might be some redemption here. So I'm kind of iffy, but like, like I didn't have any problem putting Timothy McVeigh to death. Right. You know, I don't have any problem with putting any pedophiles to death. Well, how many, but, pe- how many people are executed because of the death penalty in this country every year? It's gotta be under 10. Right? Yeah. It's not much at all. I mean, and they're like mostly in the Southern States. I mean, it's like, it's not, it doesn't. It doesn't happen that. Like, it, but like, yeah, but it's the South. Whatever. Well, but the other thing is too is that that actually shows you how infrequently it's actually used because we usually get a story anytime that some inmate is executed. The AP always moves something about it. But um, just looking up actually some facts about that to see if we could figure out how many executions. So what was it? Yeah, eleven or ten. You were right on the money. We had twenty-two. 
or we had 10 in 2019 that looks it's, uh that's what that looks like yeah so we had 10 so you were right on the money with that one for or maybe that's maybe we've had 10 so far in 2020 maybe that's what that oh, is oh that's yeah cuz the other ones are usually in the 20s but look at that spike there was it 97 98 with the 30 or 88 executions in one year 98 98 98 was well, that was actually 4 years after that crime bill was passed so <laughs> guess oh, and oh man and, yeah yeah it's okay. you know now i'm not it's not black people are not disproportionately represented although if they're 12 percent of the population in the united states if they're 34 percent then they should be 12 percent yeah really but it should be pretty close to even but but they're also arrested at a higher rate yeah Um, they do commit crimes at a higher rate but at the same time a lot of the the crimes they get harsher they actually tend to get harsher penalties than people you would not you know this is um you can find this on um deathpenaltyinfo.org i can't vouch for their information but it looks it's really well represented i I think that you know those numbers there look about right to me yeah so, anyways, so we're not talking about so, but anyways, but the thing is, is that so I've actually changed on the death penalty, but what the reason why I'm pointing this out is because Kamala Harris is going to take the campaign trail, and she's going to get hit with this, and then she's going to, you know, have to have to. It's basically she has to spin her way out of every little thing. Now, that's if she's held to the same kind of level of scrutiny that Mike Pence gets, which won't she's, happen. She already hasn't been. As no. soon as she got this nomination, I saw... Uh, who's the guy that hosts The Daily Show? Trevor Noah? Yeah. He immediately started singing her praises. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. Well, then you have Sh- Sean King, who was actually one of the founders of the Black Lives Isn't Matter Sean movement. Sean King, the guy that pretends to be black, Yeah, but we call him white. Talcum X. Yeah. But, <laughs> Talcum X. Talcum X. Oh, well, and, and here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but the thing is, is that, like, he was somebody who wrote, are you ready for this? It was like, Justin... 2018 or something like that. Like he called Joe Biden and Kamala Harris like two of the most despicable people running for the who hate the black. And then now that that Kamala Harris this year, he turned his face and said, I feel better about my country now that we've what barriers have you broken? If Kamala Harris was white, she'd be a Republican. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're we're coming up on this point now, but we can jump to it now about um, the people uh, turning. Uh, turning 180 on things about oh. Kamala Harris. She did the same thing when it comes to Biden. Yes, because she, here's the thing, in 2019, during, when she was questioned, yes, I believe the women who came out and accused Joe Biden. To me, I thought that that was actually consistent because remember the way that she skewered Brett Kavanaugh mm. during the Senate confirmation hearings. Right, I remember that. So, and I mean, so I thought actually her saying about I actually was impressed when she said she believed the Biden accusers because I'm like, well, at oh, least you're consistency. I said you're showing consistency in your beliefs. OK, now I will also say that the charges against Biden and the charges that have been made against Trump were 10 times stronger and 10 times more credible than anything that Brett Kavanaugh was accused for. I didn't you know, I do. I, I put it this way. I believe most women, but there are women who you could tell. You know, are are either misrepresenting something or making it up. Well, yeah, and and we have examples of that happening, and then them recanting all yeah, over the place. Th- it is, but, but but at least with Kamala Harris, I thought she was yeah. being consistent. Yeah. But now, now but now she's going to be the number two for someone who she thinks is a sexual predator. Predator. Who actually she still says 
that she still believes the accusation. So how in the world is sexual assault not a deal breaker for a cop? Now, maybe let's fast forward. Let's say uh, he wins the election still. We fast forward two years and she's digging because she's got better access now. And this is just her playing the long game. It probably could be. It's probably not. But that would be awesome. That would be really awesome. I I would immediately... If there's somebody that I thought could actually pull something like that off, it's her. Yeah. Because she's actually, I mean, look at. Well, she's got herself in the position. She's got herself mm-hmm. in that position right now. Now, listen, one of the things I'm actually not going into is I'm not going into the rumors about how she got worked her way up the political ladder. Um, oh, I see these memes. Yeah. you. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, because here's the thing. Honestly, I don't really care about that because, uh, okay, Let's get on record Look, do, right now. Do whatever you need to do to get ahead. But here's the other thing. Adults who are often working in the same circles together and everything like that, they sometimes have sex. It's not a new thing. Okay? I don't care if she had to if she banged everybody in California from the, you know, to get to where she was. That's not my business, you know what I mean? I'm I actually, prefer her get there by other merits. Yes. Real I, merits. I would like but but the thing is is that the reason why we're not getting into those rumors is because there's plenty there that you don't have to spread rumors and conjecture. It's all been proven. The next one, which I really thought as a libertarian really, really steamed me is that she has strongly supported civil asset forfeiture without criminal charges. So let's, 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 let's say that she was the, um, AG in the state of Missouri. And I'm referring to the couple who, you know, had their, the commandos, the, 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 or suburban commandos, and Ooh, they're speaking at the Republican National Convention, I know they are, which is great. <laughs> because you want to know what? They're both registered Democrats, and their li- their livelihood was being criminal defense attorneys for the ind- indigent and poor, and like mostly Black American. They were actually involved in a case with a Black American suing a police department. Twenty twenty is a weird year. It's just like the weirdest year ever. <laughs> but so what I'm saying is, is like say that she was the AG. Now, they charged the, – the Missouri AG's office charged the couple and seized their guns. We'll talk about that some other time because I got some strong feelings about that. But the thing is, is the charges came first, then the seizure happens. She is of a mind – now, if she was the AG of the state, she would just be in immediately, we're taking all your guns until we figure this out. Which is kind Whoa. of how New York is with pistol permits. They really are. But it's sort of like in this sense, because when you're a prosecutor – if you're building a criminal case against somebody, okay, if there's no charge, there's no crime. I'm in the court. Yes. If there's no charge, obviously that doesn't happen with Well, if there's no charge, there's no crime, therefore there's no arrest. Therefore you you no have arrest. to have a charge to arrest somebody. Right. When you when when you were Mirandized, the charge is read in front of you. Yes. At least the, one of them has to be. No, you have to get you, it's it, it absolutely you have to be charged. If I get and and actually I remember this when I got my DWI um in 2003 and everything like that, you have the right to remain silent blah 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 blah. Do you wish to say anything or go back to station or whatever? I said, I'm going to cooperate. Okay, right now we are arresting you on a charge of suspicion of driving while intoxicated. Now, the thing is, they had the charge for me. Now, they didn't actually seize my vehicle or anything. I mean, they did wind up getting towed. but they had the charge. But they had the charge, so they actually did tow the vehicle. Now, I don't want to sit there and say that, I I mean, I deserved everything that happened to me. But it wasn't really a seizure. It was a, a, they took possession of it, but you got repossession of your vehicle. But they decided they couldn't really prove I was drunk driving at that at the time. I'm speaking hypothetically because I, I was. But I, so, so they, they couldn't actually prove that I was intoxicated. What if they 
had my car towed anyway, and I'm walking home. That that that's this, that that's criminal asset for civil asset forfeiture without criminal charges. Yeah, that's a really simplistic, very easy explanation of it. I yeah. mean, how does this how does this not destroy Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments? I mean, it, all over the place. I mean, it's and the Eighth Amendment as far as the speedy trial because I you know she just basically thinks the jackpots can come into anybody's home and seize whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Okay, and let's also face it: who are also the majority of victims of this kind of thing are also black Americans. Yep. Okay. Again, black lives do not matter to this Biden Kamala Harris ticket at all. And it's, we're proving it anyways. Okay. So now this was very interesting too, is that she was handed a large collection of files on child abuse cases in the Catholic church. This was in 2004 when she became San Francisco district attorney. Now, we all know that the Catholic Church has got a major problem with pedophilia. And a very good intelligence apparatus. Absolutely. And all the money in <laughs> the world. We might not all know that. I know that. Yeah. Now all you do, too. You all do, too, now. But, the, you know, the thing is, is that, like, I mean, believe me, if things get really dicey, these dioceses can actually get the money from the Vatican to to protect, I mean, look at how much millions were protected just in New York State alone that they were hiding these priests from everybody. And... Then, despite re- these victims wanted to use the files to prosecute the abusers, Harris refused to cooperate. She was not allowing victims of rape and sexual abuse by priests. She was not allowing them to get justice. She was, I mean, I, and here I also don't think that it's a difference between race here, but I'm just like, she's actually siding with the Pidlin priests is what she's doing by not letting them bring them to justice. And actually when survivors would call her office, her staff told them is office policy was they couldn't provide them with anything. You are the freaking district attorney of San Francisco. Change your policy. Then change your policy. <laughs> the You're supposed to be the advocate for the victim. You're the one who's supposed to want. And so she's going to protect these pedophile priests. Come on. In that case, no lives matter to her. Is there a little bit of um, separation of church and state here, though, where the state should not get involved in what a church is doing? I am not defending pedophiles. It, I am. It, it, I'm just trying to figure out where her um, if they where that would, policy might have come it, from. It, I I, have, I was trying to look for that, and I don't know why it was. I because if um the the Waco Texas cult yeah um the, the government intervened there. So the government should be able to intervene here. Well, and the I, I, the governments are all over. The, I mean, how many priests have we seen getting convicted and sued? And, Enough. And to be the, fair, I know a lot of Catholic priests who aren't pedophiles. As a matter of fact, almost every – I've never known a single Catholic priest no. even later. I've known more Baptist uh, youth pastors that slept with the kids than yeah. I than – I knew, than I, well, I, I know four of those. Yeah. And I don't know any Catholic priests who have. Right. So. Which is good. So we're not – again, we're not also charging all – but my problem with the Catholic Church is that they've put up a – big freaking smoke screen for decades protecting these guys and i'm sorry if a child abuse survivor comes to my office and says we haven't gotten justice this guy did this to me x amount of years ago can we because what a lot of what's happening is these these things are getting cast aside so the only recourse victim has at a certain point is to sue and th- you're not you're, you're not allowing a victim to get justice and i just it's it's mind-boggling to me that the Democrats, again, would put somebody like this who actually won't help people who were abused by people 
they should never even suspect would be capable of that. I mean, if you're in a in a need right now to see a priest or like a pastor one on one or anything like that, you got to have a lot of things going wrong with you a lot of times that you need guidance on. So, I mean, this is like an ultimate betrayal. I mean, I think the only thing worse for anybody who gets diddled by a, you know, a priest is if the same thing happened at home from their parents. I mean, this is pretty bad. Yeah, then they can't go to their parents or their or their pastor. No, they yeah. can't. So I mean, uh, and so they just blew them off. And you can't go to the cops either, apparently. No. Yeah. Uh, apparently not. So did we make a big enough deal about um, her um, blocking the DNA testing? Do we? Did we really hammer that home? I feel like we kind of glanced over it. Well. Yeah, um, she stopped somebody from being able to be cleared of their, um, yeah, they're good, cleared, cleared of their charges them. with DNA testing. She refused to allow it. So, and here's the thing is that that trial, like we mentioned, is like tinged with racism and corruption coming from, I mean, anybody who could look at that case would just be like, whoa. You know, and then you know she she, could, she had to see her hypocrisy in writing. Yes, before she changed her position. That's on what it. I mean. Is yeah. like it only she only okay. changed her position when she got caught. Did she ever change her position on the pedo stuff with the Catholic Church? I Did, never found anything about that, but I just it, the problem like, that we're like, having like right, the Catholic Church actually needs any help in hiding things, right? But the other thing that I am fi- gonna I, and we'll talk about it later is that. The, the national media is actually making it very hard right now to get – I mean, because I just went just for p- specific stats. So, I mean, of course, I'm not advocating anybody use Wikipedia for your sole no, source of information. Find Wikipedia and then find where they source it and it. go to the source. But the thing is is that a lot of this stuff – is not even on her Wikipedia page. It's not even there. And as, so, I mean, I'm saying you guys, I did some digging for you guys. I, I really want you guys to actually, you got to really dig deep because I know some people here who are, they almost feel like bad because they're like, I don't want to vote for this ticket, but I don't want Trump to win anyway. You know, my answer to that is there are more than two choices, but I get, I get where they're coming from because you know what? Most of the time, especially like in these Black Lives Matter movements and things like that, the the they get more support from Democrats for these kind of things and libertarians, even though that doesn't get mentioned anything, than they do Republicans. You know, yeah. Republicans tend to be like, I want to see the whole video or the cop had no choice or what's the context and everything like that. You know, apparently I don't, you know, apparently they can use that to say, Oh, he was high on fentanyl. So that's why he resisted. I'm like, he resisted because a cop came with a gun pointed at his window before it was even rolled down. Yeah. Was he, um, uh, someone told me the other day that he was saying that he already couldn't breathe when he was in his car before he was taken out of his car. No, it was he was talking about the I can't breathe part first when they came out because he was just nervous. He was right. nerve wracked and everything like that. And I just it was like yeah. he was having like a yeah, panic. He can't breathe. Yeah, no, yeah. the thing is, and then of course kneel on his neck. That there you go. Well, that'll help him. Okay, and not kneel on his neck. We're talking about George Floyd, by the way. Yeah. Just to, so yeah. just, I mean, you know this. But instead of like, you know, I could understand, okay, if he's being unruly, if you have to kneel him on him for like a minute to get the cuffs on him, he knelt on him for nine minutes. Yeah, he didn't really, it didn't look like he resisted that much. He didn't. And I mean, he was a little agitated. And he, you know what? I understand that, you know what? Sometimes you're going to face somebody who's going to be high on something. It, to me, it looked like he it was probably a combination of the two. I mean, the guy well, was also he's, just on parole. He's also being charged with murder. Like this, he's not. He is. He's not in jail yet. The trial hasn't happened yet. No, it hasn't. Well, he's in jail, but he's not. Brianna Taylor's killers have only been. They they've never been arrested. 
Yeah. So, oh, like we have, there's, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. just saying, like, it's, I mean, they, they did file charges again, but the thing is, is that they didn't immediately file charges against the cops. Yeah. But this is the kind of system that Joe Biden built and the system that prosecutors and attorneys general, like Kamala Harris, they're the ones that enforce the systemic racism. Joe, the Joe Bidens make the systemic racism. Kamala Harris was strengthening it and enforcing it. And now we're putting her into the second most powerful position in the country. And you know what? And here's the thing. I The, the reason why I'm actually, I'm concerned about her as very much as, I've, I've been joking around a little bit and saying that Kamala Harris is Joe Biden's Sarah Palin. Because once we got to see more about Sarah Palin, the more we realized that woman shouldn't even be in the White House, <laughs> let alone that close to the nuclear codes. This one, I'm, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to say that that Kamala Harris is a worse pick than Sarah Palin. I think she's she's equally bad on a different front. Well, and I think at any other yeah, plus time or minus period, five. Yeah, I think it's she in any other era. I think people would have think thought that like if it was a couple, of, you know, they would have thought differently of it. But especially in this era of Black Lives Matter and police brutality and everything like that, you're you're, you're talking about electing two people that created this system. Okay, and and let's let's not also take it a little bit further where Biden also shows some more responsibility. And I'm sure that this came up with Kamala Harris, even though good luck in finding it. So I'm only saying speaking hypothetically here is that Joe Biden was a major author of the Patriot Act, which allowed the warrantless surveillance and all this basically impinging on everybody's right to privacy. Don't believe it for a second that it's only about terrorists. The government knows everything that we're doing. So and and he's Joe Biden has created that system and Kamala Harris has not only operated within in that system, she's operated within it with impunity. I, she's like almost not like it's almost like she would look forward to, hey, what's the harshest thing that we could go after people on? And she'll find it and she'll find a way to do it. Well, that's the mark of a good prosecutor operating within law. But Look when, at the laws she's operating in. Yeah, but now you're coming out against those laws. Yeah. After being very, it, it's like um, all right. So I don't, I don't like um, I don't like being on the on the government. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't like being a ward of the government. I sure. don't like getting unemployment. No, I have to right now just because that's the way the world is, and the government's not letting me do my job. Uh, that's like me saying, wow, I really, I, I really don't like that the government is wasting money with unemployment and then staying on it as long as I possibly can. Oh, absolutely. No. And for, for the record, I want to get, I, every, I'm sure that you feel the same way. Cause I mean, you know what? I've, I've admitted that I am unemployed because of uh, it's a lot of it is COVID related. I'm sure many of the people are there too and you know, everything, but Good lord! <laughs> I mean, I don't want I don't, to be on it. I don't want to be. And on it. I've always said that. Yeah. And like this year was the first time I've ever been on unemployment. I'm still against unemployment. I'm only on it because it's a necessity. I didn't really seek it out. A bunch of my friends were like, "Hey, try again. Try again." They fixed the website. Try again. Try this. But we're not. But we're not. We're not celebrating it. This woman is celebrating. Exactly. All, all, see, that's the thing. I mean, we she's taking. It. She's taking full advantage of everything these laws let her have as a prosecutor and somebody who has a record of clearly disproportionately imprisoning black people yeah, then i mean it's hypocrisy at a very blatant level well and it's you know i actually think that it's even worse because i thought there was one moment of hypocrisy in like the 2004 um election which this year's election is a crazier version <laughs> of that because you have a president who yeah, and actually, this happened with the midterms with Obama, too, or his second election, is that you had these opposition candidates who were just like, yeah, 
I can't see actually handing over the keys to you. Like this guy doesn't deserve to be reelected, but we're not going to replace him with you. Sure. You know, and that's sort of, you know, the, but that's, I, you know, it's been going on like that for years, but this, my Lord, I just, she, she almost like celebrates it. She just wants more and more and more. Not like, Oh, this is a necessary evil. She gleefully goes after this. Well, that, that kind of goes back to that. Um, the, the adage that like an, anyone who seeks power probably shouldn't have it. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the eloquent way of saying that is, but yeah, I, I would be a good president, but I sure as hell don't want it. I'm not no. going to pursue it because I'm not power hungry. No, but and but these kind of people are, which is why. Well, and here here's the thing: is that like I mean, we've gotten to a point where, like, and, and I think a lot of this started really with uh, W, George W, is because everybody just wanted a common guy that they could have a beer with in their backyard, yeah, approachable, approachable, down to your level. But the thing is, is that there's a part of me when we're looking at electing people to these offices that it's like I kind of want them to be better than me. You know, I mean, I want them to be smarter than me. I want them. If to I'm be... going to hang out in a backyard and have a beer with them, I want to learn something from them. Yes, that's exactly what it would. That's exactly what I would be. I I would not. You know, I just because here's the thing: people in the Oval Office, the white president, he they do have to make decisions like every hour sometimes that would. St- dump the rest of us we would need a week to figure out a solution and they're like mr president we've got this going on you got 10 minutes to make a decision i could never be that way you know like one of the things i i I'm a, I'm a big fan of history and stuff like that. And so I like to follow like what the presidencies and like some of the bad ones and the good ones have done and everything like that. And I always go back to the decision that Harry Truman made to end World War II by dropping nukes on two Japanese cities. I, you know, here's the thing. I can't say that I would go either way because I absolutely have no idea how now in. In retrospect, that did turn out, but I can't imagine ever being in a position where it's I have to justify, man, you're going to kill several hundred thousand people at once, but... The numbers in this case would have... I would have been able to make that decision because yeah. the, the numbers did it. Also, is it true that we dropped leaflets from bombers throughout oh, no, the we, cities? Yeah, we warned them. We warned the was, civilians to get out. We warned the civilians to yeah. get out. They, we knew, they knew it was coming. I mean, so they did have that, but I'm just saying like— And they were tactical targets. It wasn't like we were only targeting civilian populations. No, it was a large industrial center yeah, of that's where they, Japan. It's where they make their planes. Yeah, it's where they make your ammunition. That's yeah. where they—I mean, so that it was actually—they were destroying—I mean, and it was not much different— Except on a bigger scale, but the carpet bombing that they did in Germany toward the end of the war, I mean, it just blew up all their industrial cities. Yeah, it's like civilized warfare. When they attacked Pearl Harbor, it was a surprise attack, Yeah, but they were attacking a military base. They weren't attacking civilians. Yeah, well, some of them probably died, but they were attacking a military base. We were attacking their military industrial complex. And and the other thing is too is that the Japanese also showed no quarter to any of the conquered lands that they have. But anyways, we're going back. That's that, but that's see that's what I want in a president. I want somebody that I would feel confident enough that if faced with that decision, they could not only make that decision on a moment's notice, but they could stand behind it yep. until you. Because I'll tell you right or now, or own it if it ends up being a bad decision. Right, and th- that was one of my biggest problems with the Bush presidency, is that. When it became we're talking cl- W W, when it became so painstakingly clear that invading Iraq was a mistake, he doubled down on it. But then again, <laughs> here's the thing: is as president, 
he almost has to. Do you remember the mission accomplished banner before we yeah. were done with the the war? Yeah, we hadn't even captured Osama. Or we haven't even captured Saddam Hussein yet. I think we had captured him. I think I think we had captured him. Oh but, yes, it was. It came the next but, year. Yeah. But we were still in the war. We in, were still fighting a war. There. Well, I mean, okay, and we hadn't be- found nukes. We hadn't found any weapons of mass destruction no. yet. Yeah, I, that's a long, you know. I mean, but but even that, I mean, when faced with it, he still. But at the same time, I was kind of like, you know what? Here's a guy who made a decision. He thought it was the right thing to do, and he's sticking to his guns. I respect that. I, you know, I don't respect people who would be flip flopping. And this is really what I would worry about a Biden Harris administration is. These guys are going to have to do a whole lot of mental gymnastics in order to justify some of the things that they're doing because they flip flop on everything. So I just, you know, Kamala Harris does her flip flopping on issues has not been because of, you know, a rethinking or, you know, having some sort of enlightenment. It's it, it, she flips on a convenience. Because, you know what, it's the one thing, for her and a lot of Democrats, it's the one thing for Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity to get, and Fox News to get up their butts about every little thing. When, when you're getting it from the people who are, you know, historically on your side, eh, you know, that's probably why she needs to flip-flop like she does. So so changing your opinion yeah. on something, is hap- it, it happens. Like you're, it does. You're, you're not on board with the Black Lives Matter organization no. because of its Marxist roots, but you're on board with the movement. The movement, absolutely. Now, you weren't four years ago. Yeah, no, I wasn't. So you had a dramatic change. Yes. Kamala Harris had a dramatic change when it comes to the way she was prosecuting people. I mean, she had dramatic changes here. So there may be she, – she was called out on it, and it was in the newspaper. She goes, oh, wow, I never really uh, never really thought about it that way. I am a horrible person. I shouldn't do that. So uh, it, it could be that we're looking at it with the lens of – this th- this person has made terrible decisions. We should hold them to the decisions that they had made, even though that they have changed their stance on things. I, I, but I'm questioning if that's ever really changed. Though. That's well, yeah, yeah. Which she hasn't come out and said it, but like we'd believe her anyway. There's something about the um, and this is more leftist than just liberal. Sure, but um, pe- they people love doing deep dives on Twitter to see what people have said tw- ten years ago, yeah, yeah. and then getting them fired from their jobs. She did a bunch of stuff that was ten. 15, 20 years ago yeah. that would disqualify her from getting a job with Disney, for example. Right. Um, James Gunn made the uh, made the pedophilia jokes with the costume at the, the costume party. Yeah. And then they fired him from Marvel and they rehired him. Uh, they never, I don't think they actually ever fired him. Oh, it was the... I think it, I think it was like, okay, yeah, we'll fire him. And then they're like, oh yeah, yeah but we really need back. a Guardians 3, so we should probably bring him back. But I think of what I'm looking at is that I, I'm, I'm looking... They, I guess I'm looking at a pattern. They should attack her with the same veracity is what I'm saying. Yes. If you're going to do that to people and you're going to uh, assassinate their character based on stuff they said or did 10 to 15 years ago and make them uh, unsuitable, unviable for whatever it is they're trying to do now, you should do the same thing for your VP candidate. I, and well, no one's doing that. Well, nobody nobody is doing that. And you know what? I'm going to get into this now. I was going to save it until the end, but I want to get into this now. There is... A, an absolute full court press on trying to block information that will be harmful to Kamala Harris or Joe Biden. Because here's the thing, a lot of the questions that you were asking about some of these other points that I was making, I actually tried to dig, 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 dig to try to find them. I can't, I'm having, you know, unless I'm going to spend four hours going through, you know, I, at this point I was almost ready to go to Bing to see if I could find anything. But, um, 
you know, I try, only go try, to, try Alta Vista. Maybe that'll maybe still work. Yeah. Who or uh, you know, Yahoo or you know, I think Google owns oh, Yahoo. Google, that's right. Why? You know, but doing a simple search is just. And actually, if you go on even her Wikipedia page, I go to different things about like what they're linking and stuff. Yeah, they link the New York Times expose and everything like that. But a lot of this other stuff that you're trying to get numbers on, because like apparently this, they tried to get how many actual parents and stuff like that were being cited and arrested for the truancy law and stuff like that. They had a rough about number and stuff like that. But they were, you know, people asking were being told that they didn't actually keep specific records on that. And and I can. I I can almost believe that it's a, it's a yeah but all other misdemeanors are recorded if this is a misdemeanor you know what i mean I, it's like how do you not if it's um if it's something that an agency isn't super proud of things can get lost it it can i'll i'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt i mean this, it, but it's, it shouldn't be that's bad record keeping and that yeah. person should be probably arrested for but perjury are, is that the term is yeah. it perjury i don't think it's perjury. not perjury uh, we'll interfering in an investigation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obstruction of justice. That's the word yeah, I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, obstruction you. of justice. Not perjury. And, and here's <laughs> the thing is that, like, I, I just, and, the, and I wanted to point out because there's a site out there called KamalaHarris.info. And basically. Oh, wait. Facebook was censoring this, weren't they? That's the site. I tried to post a link to it on Facebook because here's the thing it's not a real, real in-depth look at Kamala Harris like but they actually they show some of these positions but what they do is they link back to these other stories where they're coming from now I want you to know that I was not I didn't I probably should have cited exactly where I got to, you know I used Wikipedia and Kamala Harris not info but the thing was you know as like reference points but like I went and read the New York I went and read the New York Times expose you know, I'm getting this straight from the so my media sources. Some of this is also coming from the Huffington Post, which you know that's what it. You know, that's what, I mean, Kamala Harris for arresting the people, and they're actually going to do it to. Oh, so this is a satire site that uses actual information. Yes. Yeah. But these are actual informations and stuff like. No, it, this is not necessarily a satire site. It's a they bought the they bought the domain so that they could actually post like her actual record and things like that. So this is getting built on. But see, the, here you go, skipping school, and she's laughing about it. And that's from factcheck.org. That she, that's basically saying that that, that factcheck.org is also often used by mainstream media. And so it's a, it's a, most of the factcheck places are liberal, which is funny yeah. because they don't care about science that often, but they, but they, they like facts. Um. But anyway, but so I'm saying like a lot of this is so when I'm coming at you with these charges, I want you to know that I'm not using Alex Jones. <laughs> OK, I'm not. We're, using, we're not claiming Kamala Harris is poisoning the water and turning the friggin frogs no, gay. We're we not, are, we're, that, we're not yeah. down that rabbit hole at all. Where so, is that water and where can we find some? Because that's a fun experiment. That would be great. But see, here's the thing. We're looking. <laughs> I know. It's just you're looking at these things here. And now you're talking about things that were forgivable and everything like that. I probably would be more forgivable about this kind of thing if her record as a prosecutor, you know, I mean, she's all of her time that she basically spends as a prosecutor, say, it was like 1980 to 1995. Or, you know, it's like 25 years ago, that type of thing. 15, though. Uh, yeah, And actually, as recently as 2014. I mean, yeah. it's not. You know, and she hasn't recanted on those things. No, has she, she hasn't. I mean, she's or or she's trying to now. 
in the in the debates and stuff like that. But she's defend, you know. So I mean, we're looking at now. By the way, this website, we're going to say, say it again. It's KamalaHarris.info. You won't <laughs> find that link because Facebook has actually blocked that site. Now, I did try to post it on Twitter and it worked. I don't know if Twitter's actually come around. To, I haven't tried posting it again. Could just be that they don't censor as hard. Uh, maybe not. There are more users of Twitter. Uh, than there are Facebook. There are, and and actually, Facebook is actually. I they're just uh, their community standards really. Uh, they they. I don't even know. It's such well, an arbitrary they, they, thing. We keep getting these ads on Facebook. Oh, quick Facebook rabbit rabbit hole. Oh, here. Sure. So uh, we tried to boost our first couple of episodes, mm-hmm. and it said that it violated the community standards. Yeah. But I keep getting ads telling me to boost the posts. I'm Which like, I did this week for last week. Did it work? Yeah, it is working. Oh, okay. Yeah. We gained a couple moves. We're on Facebook, by the way, at Charlie's Angle. Anyways. Yeah. They, they, um, the, their community uh, standards change all the time. And they do for, um, they do for uh, Instagram as well. Yes. We started an Instagram account. It's the same, you know, Charlie's Angle. Just find us at Charlie's Angle Podcast. Um, well, the first thing we tried to post was about Cuomo, yeah. and it said this post may not be visible because we try to protect our community. That's that's the error message we had. I think I took a screenshot of it too. So we're, oh yeah, I yeah. Did, so they wouldn't even. I, I, it, it did end up becoming Doing. visible, but they were trying to protect the community from knowing something truthful. Of, it was about Cuomo not wearing a mask when he was down yeah. in Georcia. It was our and then got quarantining. It, it was, was our. It was before that, even. Oh, before we, that, okay. I, it was just a meme that we shared. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, it wasn't even a meme, really. It was just a bunch of photos of him yeah. violating his own fucking rules. Yeah. Sorry. That's wow. Cool. Oof, man. All no, right. that's fine. I mean, We're going to get that explicit rating again. I know. <laughs> we don't try to. Our, ads, our sponsor is going to pull. Yeah. yeah. Watch it. But no, but I get it though too. It's just like, you know, so I but the thing is is that so you I'm telling you right now, the reason why I'm I'm concerned about this is because and so much about Facebook instead of even more Twitter is because it's been proven over and over again that Facebook is actually where most people get or people get the most of their news. Oh yeah. So yeah. so they're blocking access to show somebody a full picture from media sites that they will allow links from. Off Post, New York Times, Daily Beast. I mean, you get a lot of those. I mean, Daily Beast is kind of because you threw Daily Beast in there. That's well, because right. it's what, yeah, but it's all right. I mean, Vice. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, if if if, if Vice and Mother Earth Jones or Mother Jones Earth or whatever, if those considered or raw Ma- story, Ma- Mother Jones. Mother, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if those are considered legitimate news, the sites, Young then, Turks. Yeah, they, so we could say <laughs> Daily Beast is too. But the, so that's what's actually happening here. Is that and look at. I, I, that's the one thing that I've, has always stuck in my craw about about the media now. And this actually started, I say, in 2008. Like a lot, large part of the mainstream media was always up until 2008. They were always kind of like harder on Republicans than Democrats, but like they didn't shirk their duty to cover the impeachment of Clinton and his yeah. whole sex scandal. CNN was always. Pretty balanced. Yeah, MSNBC actually used to be pretty balanced. Yeah, they went. Now, they went first. Yeah, they went first. Like yeah. way. To C- the CNN left. was still pretty good until I want to say it was the 2012 election. Yeah, they were good. That's up when until I noticed then. a real, a real uh, split. Well, and I, you know, and the thing is, is that they, I think what had happened was, is that they, they, they formed this wall around Obama because everybody at that point was so sensitive to the fact that we just elected our first black president that you know I mean they wanted they they didn't want anything they didn't want to start accusing any missteps of his to be used as some sort of racist dog whistle to people yeah which, I, I can understand the sentiment but 
but at the same time, they were actually covering for a lot of his mistakes or report. And and you know what? They've gone full bore right now. And I'm not going to say that everything that they've even reported about Trump is not true, but a lot of it is, and it's or it's out of context. And they, these these okay the. Uh, the mail drop boxes being taken up. You've seen these? Yeah, they're replacing them. Well, yeah, so this has been an operation that's been going for a little while, but now it's being made to look like Trump ordered it to um, to kind of stop mail-in voting and things like that. No, the operation, I believe, was already started yeah. before that. And so, so what the media is doing is taking pictures of of mailboxes in some back alley storage. Yeah. And they're saying that Trump is doing it now to, to uh, stop mail-in voting. I think that we should actually talk about this post office thing in a little bit of a later show, because there's a lot, actually I'd like to talk about the post office. I think, I think the post office should be disbanded. It seems like the, <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that's that. A whole that's a whole episode. I will say though, Tom, that, Tom Dugan's going to be so mad. <sighs> we love you, Tom. <laughs> but uh, actually, it's really funny. Speaking of Tom, do you know how I like to do meme dumps on Facebook? Yeah, every yeah. Day? The one meme that he liked that I posted. Remember when USA Today did like possible modifications for the AR-15? It, and, like, they had like a chainsaw. chainsaw there was a dinosaur. There was a smaller AR-15 yeah. under the AR-15. Well, the one yeah. that I posted this morning was an AR-15 with a mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like and, and Tom, Tom Duke is a really good friend of ours and he works at the post office so we're just picking on him a little bit but that's the one that he actually he's a libertarian to. that works for the federal government yeah he yeah. you know he pro- I, I would actually love to talk to him about, sometime about his views on it but anyways so I mean so this gets back to the point that like the media is tending to like now spin things out of control and you know are are so and now what they're doing is they're actually preventing people from having information about these actual kids so they want you like we I don't have to look very far on the internet to find every time that Donald Trump fudged grades on his report card or you know or what have you we can find all of that stuff you know they're blocking access to information for people that th- you know these are the kind of things that people really should know about i they they absolutely should know about going in and i don't think people do i think all they see right now is a woman of color on joe biden's you know ticket like he promised now look at i actually appreciate appreciate the uh the sentiment I'm all for. Listen, he stuck to his guns, he, and he did, he did bring someone on who is a woman of color. Just the wrong one. Yeah, is he, Tulsi technically a woman of color? She has darker skin than I do. Does that count? I don't. Well, <laughs> I'm very white. <laughs> very white. Yeah. I don't. Well, I'm not Tulsi Gabbard. I think that I think she's actually. I think she's Pacific. I, I yeah, think she's, she's part Samoan, actually, or something like that. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, it's something okay. from the. She's great, though. <laughs> I wish she was running. Um. But anyway, so I mean, but we we have a political crush on Tulsi Gabbard, yeah, thing. big time. Yeah. But the thing is, is that like, I mean, they're they're, it, it's almost you know that's all that people are seeing, and you're not people are not looking past this. They're and listen, I am not a person who looks at skin color or or, or sex or anything like that. I vote for the best person I believe in. However, that being said, even though I opposed Barack Obama getting elected as president, I understood the historic significance of, of oh, that. Yeah. And I was thrilled to be alive like, to whoa, see that America happen. has a black president. That's crazy. That's, and, and you yeah. know what? That's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I really thought that that was cool. Female vice president would be really cool. I don't, you know what would be even cooler? A female president named Joe Jorgensen. Named Joe Jorgensen, exactly. So, I mean, you know, I under, and here's the thing. As much of a dog as I thought Hillary Clinton was as a candidate, I recognize the importance of 
a woman being nominated to the top of a major party ticket to run for. I I thought, okay, to me it was like, I'm so glad I was alive when we crossed that. I'm really glad that I was alive when we crossed that threshold. I'm going to be thrilled. It'll be amazing when the Republicans can do it. Yeah, I mean... The Democrat or the Democrats, the Libertarians just did. They just did it. Hey, look, we're more progressive than the people you think we are. Yes, actually, I would love to. You know what? It was really funny. A little bit sidetracked on my uh, libertarianism here. Oh wow, we're going to go through a rabbit hole. A rabbit hole again. This wow. is our libertarian. It's, it's only been an hour. Yeah, we're already <laughs> going down another rabbit hole. But I've been actually talking to my son a lot about this because he is a self-described leftist and everything like that, and I'm. You know, so we've been talking about like the, and he just doesn't know what to do because it's like he feels like he really doesn't want Trump to get in, but he's like, that was kind of a slap in the face for to, I mean, to, to do that, <laughs> to nominate this woman, and like here's the thing that we're going, I want to get into now. We looked about her record. Now I want to look at her non-starter presidential campaign anyway that it happened because here's the thing she has to set aside a lot of this stuff now she's already admitted that sexual assault is not a deal breaker for her but it, she, not even in words but in actions but in actions yeah. she at, at last june she went after biden about his hurtful remarks about speaking fondly of senators who opposed integration measures in the 1970s. That's a justifiable thing to go after him for. And then she also slammed him for, he worked overtime to oppose busing. Now busing was a thing that I, I don't know if it still happens, but it was a big thing a little while ago where they took kids from impoverished, you know, school districts by the way kamala harris was a benefit of this because she grew up in oakland and or lived in oakland and she had she she got to a good school through this busing program but and it was basically the they say poor but these busing programs were really more to allow black students who show a lot of academic progress that's going to be hindered by that particular school district so they bust them to other ones so for for like particularly gifted students in in poorer communities it gives them it gives them it it levels the playing field a little bit more and allows them the same opportunity and it's 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 not that's a that's a cool program idea it it is I, I I, i i always feel that you know not I'm actually like fix the school system you're in instead of sending students out of it because that's not the answer either. But at the same time, as a band aid, it works. It does. Well, no, and here's the thing if I'm somebody who's living in the inner city community, you know, and say, you know, dirt poor or whatever, and my kid can only go to that school, which it's more of a prison yard at these schools than it is an education center, then I'm going to be like, you know what? Okay, I will pay if I have to. And if not, get on a bus and go to that school district. It's not that I'm – I want my child to have the best. And it's, a, it's almost like uh, getting your kid to go to a private school but not quite a private but school. But most of the people who oppose this busing type of thing are also the same people who have opposed a lot of measures to level the playing field for black Americans. Mm-hmm. And so now she, she – it, uh, It's like um, – it's a quality of um, oh, what's the term? It's it, it's not like we're trying to. Wow, I lost it. Oh, I had okay. it. It's gone. Don't worry about it. It happens. But what basically what I'm saying is, is that what and the th- thing is is yes, opportunity as opposed to outcome. Yes, opportunity yes. as opposed to outcome. And I don't have a problem with the opportunities. I'm like put the opportunities out there for everybody. You know, just just give it to them. Let them. You know, one of the things that I actually like about like different things like this that helps kids of color. When I lived in uh, Kinston, North Carolina, that's a city that's 66% black. And, but they, there were a lot of, I, it, you, you don't watch the NBA, I know, but. 
What's that? Badminton. Okay. Uh, no, but I actually know a couple of kids from Kinston who made it to the to the NBA, and they got recruited out of high school by like Duke, UNC Chapel, you know, the big time schools here. And a lot of times, what they do is they wind up taking these kids for their senior years and paying full freight for them to be at a private school. A, so that they can graduate with a better education a little bit from high school, be a little bit better prepared for college and stuff like that. But again, it also keeps them from being in a environment where they could actually get in trouble because you they, they and I don't have a problem with that. You know, and the, it's the same thing with this busing program. And really a lot of the critics of those busing programs are people who generally are hesitant about a lot of civil rights measures yeah and i think that's what she was getting at now they're they're saying politic fact and all these fact checkers saying no you know kamala harris didn't call joe biden a racist no she didn't but she was pointing out you know those instances there um you know especially about the joking about opposing integration measures measures and stuff like that it's just you know and then if you look at now i mean just the way that he talks about black americans and the whole you ain't black thing i mean the guy's got a history of making very racially insensitive comments i mean yeah trump does it too he does why is trump the only one i don't see any of my more okay my my leftist leftist friends the ones that are super leftist they don't like biden no and they've talked about it openly with me and it's wonderful to see that. Yeah. Um, and they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my vote. I'm hoping they put it to the Green Party. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping That's what for I want too. them to do. The problem is a lot of the leftists that I've been talking to and, um, you know, even through my son and on, on his Facebook pages and stuff like that, they're not all that thrilled about Howie Hawkins, though. No, it's it's. Well, I didn't really like Gary Johnson. I know. I didn't either. That's why I'm trying. And I'm trying to tell people, like. We did this last week, you know, where the third party vote actually is more valuable in a state like ours or out west, you know, I mean, it's more. But the thing is, is that, like, not only did Joe Biden pick somebody, okay, who is it, who has not, doesn't have a record. I mean, his, his, they, they're telling black people, this is all for show. We're not, we're, you know, we're going to pretend to have your back. But when push comes to shove, at the end of the day, we're not going to do anything about it. As a matter of fact, we're going to keep everything status quo. And this is what I thought Harris was, you know, so now she's going to have to now flip flop on all of that. She's going to have to now say with a straight face that Joe Biden loves black people like he does everybody else. You know, I, she's going to have to say that now. That means she's going to have to backpedal. How long ago was it that Biden said he was going to nominate or he was going to pick a woman of color? It was two months, right? It was two, two, a long time ago. I, yeah, a couple months ago. It was, yeah, it was, like, it was, June, it was like June of 2020, yeah, maybe. Yeah. maybe. Maybe May. It was Yeah, it was pretty recent. You think maybe he was courting someone else or the DNC was courting someone else and that someone else was like, uh, no. Um, well, and then they had to stick with his promise and so they picked Kamala Harris. Well, and here's the thing is that I, once she became unviable, um, I had always thought that at the beginning of the COVID thing, remember we used to hear from Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan right. almost every day and everything about what she was doing. I'm noticing now that nobody's paying attention to what she's doing in Michigan because, uh, you know, she, you know, I mean, because she's not going to be a viable candidate. So they, you know, they say, well, she mouthed an expletive, big T. But, you know, the thing is, I think that she was actually kind of being groomed for that. See, Whitmer was meeting with him as recently as August, but uh, they couldn't really go with her because Michigan people uh, hate her, too. Yeah. 
So, I, you know, so that's that's the thing is that I, I and I think that that actually backed him into a really bad corner here because now he's got to go with a woman of color. And well, that's on him for saying. Well, it. that's on him for saying if he that. hadn't given us that little teaser, then he could have picked anybody. If he had picked Yang, could you imagine the kind of support he'd be getting from people? He'd probably win 40 states easily. Yeah, I'm, he'd just, win. I'm, I'm just saying like I. I Somebody could vote for Biden if they had if they had Yang on the ticket, and I'd be like, "All right, all right, I understand that." Cool. Now. I don't. I hope, I hope hope Biden is deemed unfit. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But it's yeah. But here's the thing: I hope Biden's not deemed unfit because I don't want. Well, so, then we though then we do get our first black woman president. Yes, we would. But this woman is also, and black woman at the same time. Absolutely, that would be historic. And Asian at the same time because oh, she's half Indian. So right, 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 right. We're covering the whole gamut here. But see, this is actually the problem that I have with identity politics is because, you know, look at I understand the sentiment about wanting to put a woman of color on your ticket. The Democrats are at a point right now where they can't run two old white guys anymore. Mm-hmm. They can't do it. They can't. The Republicans can still get away with it. The Democrats can't get away with it because they actually engage. Part of it's their own fault because they engage more. You know, it's you know Kamala Harris being the first woman of color as a vice named to a vice presidential spot on a ticket is not as important of why you know why she would qualify yeah. as a good vice president. Th- there it's are not... certain aspects of her being an African American woman that give her a little bit of a different edge. I She's had she 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 grew up in Oakland. Mm-hmm. She had a different upbringing than the rich white dude from Delaware. She has a different experience to bring to the table. There is a certain element of that that could be helpful for her, but that's kind of where it stops. That's real and I'm going to go about it differently too when I'm talking about Barack Obama. You know, one of the things that the voices that and I thought that he talked about, which was very legitimate, because, yeah, I mean, I know that he he's from Hawaii and then he went to Columbia and Harvard and all of that I stuff. It was from Kenya. Yeah. I mean, it's but but the thing is, is that at the same time being his his district as a state senator in and where he was a community organizer or whatever is a very impoverished, heavy black. You know, community and stuff like that. So when Barack Obama spoke of those struggles, now listen, I disagreed with him on just about every way that he wanted to fix the problem and everything like that. But that's just that's a policy thing. Yeah. You know, and everything like that. But when I'm listening to him talk about the black experience and stuff like that, I it, it's with a greater degree of credibility than any you know, I'm going to listen to it. You know, the one, you know, so I thought that, you know, but I'm not, it, not, it doesn't have anything to do, though, with his, his black or anything like that. It's just a different experience. I appreciate that experience. But that life experience, the color of your skin and your gender, there shouldn't be that that shouldn't be a the main qualifier for something. And the Democrats keep engaging in this and it keeps blowing up in their faces. They tried to make it the Hillary election. And cause you can only go so far with it. Yeah. They made the Hillary election all about the fact that she was a woman. And if I didn't vote for her, it's because she's a woman. Yes. It's because she's a woman. So, I mean, but see, that was the, you know why? Because if you actually looked at her experience that they all said it, it was, was just an impressive list of job titles. Like it, it, what they never got into is what she did, which is really crazy to me because anywhere that woman goes, corruption just seems to automatically follow her. Uh, they say Bush did nine eleven. Yeah, she did Benghazi. Yeah, yeah. And fewer people died. Fewer people died. Okay, 
Well, here's the thing. We know, and 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 here, I just want to state this for the record. This was actually why I thought people should have looked at Hillary's record and stuff like that instead of just the fact that she was a woman. Because at worst, or I should say, at best, Benghazi happened due to incompetence from the Secretary of State. Yeah, she may not have done it on purpose, but it she is, was but incompetent. She, it is still her fault. She's yes. still to blame. It was her responsibility. So this is why I, I'm going full bore after Kamala Harris. Here is that. I, I just am like, this is now, by adding her to the ticket, actually, let's go back before, I, is that I also want to notice the what happened, what drew her primary thing to an end was at the next debate in August, like at that time when she, when she first entered the race and that de- debate for Biden, she was actually climbing up. She was tied with Bernie Sanders. She was really there. Then at the next debate, this record as an AG, as a prosecutor, Biden led the attacks on it, but Tulsi was the one who really skewered it. And my joke is that Tulsi did it proves that Hawaiians roast pigs better than anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> because she absolutely put Kamala on a spit and overcooked her. I mean, it was just, and the, you know what? The media even acknowledged that the attacks were on point. They were not like these were baseless accusations that they everything basically what the media was saying is everything that Tulsi and Joe Biden said about Kamala Harris was absolutely true. That little team up was fun to watch. It was great to watch cuz you know what? I you could actually see the look on Kamala Harris's face when she realized I'm done because she spent the rest of the year in the single digits, low single digits. And she was out before the primary voting actually began. She and Yang left in the same yeah, week, I think, they left right? in the same yeah. week. Yang, I figured he'd be out before any of the... Yang's a first-timer. He's yeah. an outsider. He's from Schenectady. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's a, one of our... It's a... I'm assuming some of you don't live in New York. It's one of our larger cities in this area. In this area. So, I mean, I get that. It used to be a dump. It's much better now. They're getting very much better now. But But the thing was is that Kamala Harris, who is now being positioned to be the second most powerful person in America. Well, not really. The vice president is actually kind of useless, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. I don't think she will be an idle vice president. I don't think she can be no, because she, she has be. Joe Biden as her superior. Well, and she then, would have to act on things. And this actually kind of worries me about this ticket too, about, and actually with a Joe Biden presidency anyway, is at least with Trump, you know that all these buffoonish decisions and crazy stuff. He's the one who's making them. I'm not entirely sure that Joe Biden is going to be making decisions. Oh, yeah. There's n- there is no way Trump is beholden to a deep state. No. There's no way. No. Yeah. No but way. But with, with Biden, there's the DNC is making the decisions for him. They are. Pretty obvious. And that's what concerns me, though, is the unelected people who are going to be making decisions. Yeah. In that I don't house. think I don't think Biden gives a shit about black people at all. I don't think he does either. No. Kamala Harris might. She is. So she has to do a little I th- bit. I think she uses black people as props. She might care about one black person. Yeah. Her dad. Or herself. <laughs> That's what herself. I was going to yeah. say. I mean, but but put it this way. Her record doesn't show that she really cares that much about the black community. So I'm putting my tinfoil hat on for a moment here. Um, the DNC, the deep state DNC, is making her the VP so that she becomes the president. Yes, that's actually what I think they're looking for. Because yeah. I remember when Kamala first ju- jumped into the race, everybody was, you know, you know what it was is because they set, they they were all still celebrating the way that she skewered Brett Kavanaugh by attacking his family and everything like that. You know, th- see, here's the thing: the 
Democrats, they love it when somebody does that to somebody else. They love watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they get off on it. You know, the thing is, is that Andrew Cuomo is getting, getting a prime speaking spot at this convention, not because of his COVID response, but because he said mean things about Donald Trump. And he's going to get five minutes, and you know damn well he's going to blame every death in the United States of America on Donald Trump. Remember when he... Um Never mind. We already talked about the yeah, nursing home. The nursing home, you know, Cuomo the murderer. But I'm just saying he's, you know, he's going to get that. But they like that kind of thing. They, It's not so much who they are or what they stand for. It's how well that they're mean to the other people. And that's what they like. And honestly, this is why I think that the Democratic Party, just like I think the Republican Party, both of them, they need to be blown up. Oh, yeah. Because I got to tell you. And I've been I've been voting in in presidential elections for every cycle since 1992. That was the year I turned 18. So I've been, you know, I've been through the Clinton, Bush, Obama, and now first half. Of, but I was really into politics even at a very, very young age, like to the point where I can remember a little bits and pieces about the 1980 campaign, even though I was six. Right. You know, but 1984, we were living outside of Washington, D.C. So that relationship between Reagan and Mondale, it was in the front page. Of, but I was a freak and I was always really into that kind of stuff. <laughs> I loved it. Ten years old, I loved watching elections. But anyways, so I mean, it was like right in our faces there all the time. Uh, you know, I, so I'm going to say this, saying that I've been an observer for, you know, many, many years. This is the worst presidential re- election that I can think of. There, there's um, there is no right decision as no. far as the two main parties. And there what th- and the thing is, is that there wasn't a right decision the last time either. No, it. W- oh, man. Would she be worse or better than Clinton, Hillary Clinton, if she was actually the if she was actually the DNC's nominee? Would she be a worse choice or a better choice Kamala than Hillary Harris? Clinton? Yeah. I'd have to really think on that one. I'm not trying to dodge it. I mean, got gun to my head, I would actually say Hillary probably would be better suited for that kind of... But I I don't know because... You see, at least you know she's ineffective yeah. with Hillary, but you don't know to what extent the treachery that um, she's just Harris a, could, could bring forward. That's what I'm wondering. Is, I mean, it's just like she is definitely beyond the law and order crowd she's definitely on put the you know put the boots on their neck yeah. you know cry. i mean that's, that's that's her entire record but this is really what i'm getting at is that i am so sick and tired of every presidential election being worse than the one before and you know what it it start i mean it wasn't like you know the first bush campaign with him and dukakis it was just that dukakis was just a bum of a candidate and H.W. got booted because the economy turned sour. It's, and Ross Perot probably took a lot of votes from him there, too, because Clinton was Bill Clinton was only elected with plurality both yeah. times. So but anyway, so I'm just saying, like, right now, I the 2016 race, I'd be, we'd be screwed no matter what. But like, I would want 2016 Hillary over 2020 Joe Biden any day of the week. And Hillary Clinton was a terrible candidate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Biden's a far worse candidate. Worst candidate. But what this is what I'm saying is that, you know, I am so sick and tired of every single election getting worse than the one before. And so I said this before a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to say it right now for all of you out there to know where I'm going to be coming from is, I think everybody has a right to vote for however they want. I don't unfriend in real life or online people whose politics i disagree with i don't do that i'm not 12 you know what i mean mean, we're allowed to have differences of opinion and stuff like that but here's the thing it is so bad right now that i respect a person's right to vote i can't respect their vote for either trump or biden i'm not going to respect that i don't respect either men neither man should be a president of this country so i'm actually 
saying this because you're going to hear probably between now and the election, me going after these guys. When we, whenever we talk about it, it's not going to be just the election, but whenever we decide to do one on it is if I am being forceful to anybody who is you know, defending any one of these guys or voting any of these guys, it's because the time for being nice about that stuff has got to be over with. Yeah, know? people need to um, people need to take a good—I think I said this at the end of last week—take yeah. a good look at your conscience and vote your conscience. If you were going to vote—if if you were going to throw your vote toward Andrew Yang, this is the right year to protest vote. Yeah. You, you went Rand last time, right? And and, uh, yeah. and Rand was out of the he was out of the race. Yeah, but it was a protest vote. Yeah, so yeah, do it. Do, do it again. Put put your put your uh, because put, I didn't want to vote for Jerry Johnson either. That's yeah. the whole thing. I I didn't want to vote for. Yeah. Him. I only did it for the popular side. Of yeah, it. I just. Um, but yeah, with um, if a bunch of my friends were big Yang supporters, vote for Yang still. Yeah, do I it. Mean, show show the people that are counting these ballots that you that they made the wrong decision. It is not illegal in any of the 50 states or Washington, D.C. or any of the territories to vote your conscience. And this is the reason why I'm I'm saying about being harsh about these two guys, Trump and Biden, is because there is absolutely no way that you a person could vote for either one of those guys without compromising their own values and their own beliefs. How in the world? Your leftist friend, your leftist crowd on the Democratic Party side, how they could, with any bit of credibility, vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, given everything that they've done up to this point that's contrary to what most leftists are pushing for, mm. then you are actually compromised. And you know what? I say the same thing about Republicans, and I'm going to go particularly about evangelical Christians on this one. I have no idea how they could in good conscience, vote for a guy whose entire life has been based around breaking the Ten Commandments on a daily basis. And I, th I think that that's even a more disparaging gap, the the evangelical Christian gap to Trump than yeah. the, the leftist to Biden. Be because apparently sleeping with a porn star while after your wife just gave birth to your car is not a deal breaker. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. and here's the thing. Okay. I, one thing I joked about, like when Trump first was running, and I said, "Well, he's not going to be able to deny any of his sexual misdeeds or anything like that because we already know all about him." You know, but I'm like, he's going to be able to dump those. So, so if we were going to try to get the evangelical vote to lean libertarian, they would also be stuck with violating some of their conscience, conscience as well because of the pro-life stance of libertarianism. Yes, or the the, the pro-choice. Pro well, and it's it's and, and actually it's it's an it's a disagreement. That I have with Joe Jorgensen on, I there there are there are policies. You know, the libertarians are not all of one mind, even though they all like to think. They oh, there's are. a lot of infighting. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why the libertarians have never gotten it together because everybody one, one libertarian always accuses another accuses the other one of not being libertarian enough. So I, once they get their crap together, that's fine. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, like, I thought that people really had to set aside their moral compass to vote for either Trump or Clinton. Now, I will not say that about the Obama races because I thought I thought I thought Mitt Romney would have made a good president. I didn't vote for him, but I thought he would have made a if he had won. I think he would have been a pretty good president. It's one of those people that I feel like I could trust them to stick to their guns. Yeah, and I used to say that about Bernie Sanders, but I don't anymore. I don't anymore. I either. did until he didn't show up for that vote. Yeah, that's yep. actions speak louder than your they, words. They, they do. You know, so I'm just, you know, and I, I guess what it is is that I'm sick of seeing people, a lot of who I admire and love even, 
look at these people and just actually make an excuse. Like, how do you justify voting for the two absolute worst candidates in the 200 and some odd, 30 some odd years that the American, you know, the United States of America has existed? How can you in good conscience vote between these two? So this is what I, I mean. I wanted to point all these things out to you. And I, this is just about Kamala Harris, nothing about Joe Biden. This is by no means an exhaustive list. No, it's not. I mean, I could have gone. There's a lot more I could have added to it, you know, but I'm just saying, like, you know, this is my big problem is that people these types of things are not deal breakers for people. And I'll never understand why. So. You know, there you have it, for, you know, about Kamala Harris here. So I just, you know, we are going to do a Howie Hawkins show, I think, at some point, because we've said if we're going to promote third party, you know, voting, we've already done the whole Joe Jorgensen thing over and over again. Yeah, we, we talk about her on every episode. We, we anyway. know, you know, the reason why my conscience is going to be clear is that even though there are things that Joe Jorgensen is for that I disagree with, at the end of the day, I feel like I can it's it, it's not. Because she's also personally pro-life, but it's still pro-choice. But I'm just saying, like, it's – I think she sounds more reluctant, reluctantly pro-choice. Uh, and Someone uh, – do you know who um, Dave Rubin is? Yeah. So Dave Rubin's term is um, begrudgedly pro-choice. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, and I think that that's where – I think that that's where Joe Jorgensen is, is too. I hold a different view. I don't want to get into an abortion show because that will be – Nobody will like me after this, but <laughs> uh, after that. Well, like Joe, Joe wouldn't have an abortion, but no. she wouldn't stop someone else from getting one. Right, because she thinks, and actually, I I actually, uh, she's not getting the, I don't dis- agree with that stance, but I know where she's coming at it from is that the government should not be making medical con- decisions between a do- you know a, a citizen and their doctor, you know? So I, I yeah. get. On the libertarian side of that argument, it. It um it follows the same it follows the correct logic for the libertarian side of things. It does, but it's one of the things where you don't you just don't agree with the whole party. That's all it is. But my differences with her, excuse me, are not so egregious or so bland that I wouldn't that I won't have a clean conscience, you know, voting for her. I absolutely will go to bed on election night, and I'm going to. I'm not going to bed an election night. I'm going to stay up and watch it happen. Oh my gosh, I did that the last time. Me too. <laughs> because I was at well, I was working for the uh, I was working for the Saratogian at the last time, and our um, our uh, what should we call it? Oh, the deadlines for our print edition were so stupid early because we had to get it printed by the. So we weren't even going to have the results in the paper of what happened. Well, they didn't even have. What are your deadlines? What were your deadlines? By there? deadline, we had to have the Saratogian pages off the floor by like eight thirty. I mean, that's how early they were. It was ridiculous. Well, it. it that's a whole different side. Of the it. the numbers weren't even close to counted by midnight. No, they weren't. But what I did is I stayed in the office the entire time to update the website. Right. What's going on? Because I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to, you know, I could, yes, I could go home at 830 when it was done. Or even if I was yeah. there. I think I late. went to bed at 330 and it was, yeah. and uh, it, it was pretty much declared for Trump. And then Hillary didn't go. I wanted to watch her concession speech and, and then she didn't give one. Well, because she didn't have one. She didn't have one. God. But I, you know, but yeah, I mean, I was up for that and everything. But I, and I will say that watching that, I had it on CNN because their app actually works the best. Mm. I didn't have a TV in my office, so I was just watching it on my phone, you know, through the, and it was really, really funny that to watch the nervousness and the panic set in that Hillary Clinton wasn't running away with it because the worst thing that they, 
could have come across is that this thing was going to it was I kind of thought that if it was going to be close, that's going to be advantage Trump. If it's a blowout, it would have been Hillary, you know, so that's how I and just watching the looks of their face. But, you know, it's like that was funny. This is not funny. No, this is not funny anymore. Okay, I and actually, I thought it was funny. The aftermath wasn't funny, but the watching the Rust Belt slowly turn red. Yeah, was was funny. And then watching their faces turn red too. turn red because because the thing is, is that that just I see. Here's the thing. I I understand people's skepticism and distrust of the national media because the national media all said that she has a 98% chance of winning the presidency <laughs> and the only reason why she won the popular vote was because California was so heavily in her favor uh, California is a part of the 50 United States I'm going to say that right now but if you took away California Trump actually won the primary yep, but if they want to the secede vote. they can secede if they want it's fine as a matter of fact I will campaign in favor of it <laughs> yeah I won't fight a war about that go ahead go ahead so you know this is part of you know like our little educational thing here is that even if uh you know a mainstream media outlet isn't going to make this information you know readily available to you we're going to do our best at least for for those of you who do tune in and the audience is growing you know so we're more people are listening we we us. didn't get to 50 listens in the first week on that last episode so there are no tiktok dances as no, promised sorry no, guys no no tiktok dances if you want to see me do a tiktok dance you know, share it out and even just have somebody click it once. <laughs> you know, actually, me doing a TikTok dance is something you do not want to see. Um, I do. Oh, well, Jeff does. <laughs> so anyways, well, look at We've had a great episode. It's a great chance to talk. I can't wait to keep doing this more because, and listen, I'm going to tell you right now, we are going to have a full examination of Donald Trump as a president because, yes, I've gone after Cuomo. I'm going after Biden and Harris here. Really, this is what I go after Biden with more than I do anything else. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if he can't pick a person other than this train wreck, then I don't have confidence in any decisions that he's going to make. And yes, the DNC probably said that this is who you need to run with. But at the same time, I also don't like the idea of electing a guy who can be controlled that much. I... That's the one advantage and the one thing I can say I like about Trump is that he cannot be bought. No. He, he buys people. Yeah. He doesn't he can't be bought. Um, he buys them. Yeah. So anyway, so we're gonna be, you know, doing some more of that. Someone's gonna take that clip and be like, Jeff Pitcher likes Trump because he buys people. Yeah, even though I'm the one who said buy people, but yeah, just yeah, that's that that's how it, I just ruined my shot at my presidential. Well, run. mine was ruined a long time ago because I have a feeling that I'm probably on several watch lists. I feel like like if I ever ran for president, there'd be this deep dive into my like teenage years, and it'd be like, oh, he had some girlfriends that it didn't end well with. No, <laughs> that's not. That's it. But at least that's not as bad as drinking beer in college. Like apparently it was for Brett Kavanaugh. Apparently Man, that was the drinking beer in college. Yeah, yep. he was the only person. I didn't drink beer in college. You didn't. I only went to college for one year, and I was eighteen, and my dad would have arrested me. So well, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, that was actually you know we we talk about the police and we know about this that Jeff's dad is a cop too. So it's not you know we we have concerns about the system more than we do about you know that allows officers to run like you know and that's a bit you know I want to take this back as we close to like our very very first episode is that one of the things that I wanted to make clear about this whole black lives matter movement is I was someone who wasn't in on this movement I thought the whole thing was a sham and the thing is I actually believe in this movement here and the reason why is because black americans are the only ones who actually have to ask for their lives to ma- lives to matter and I think it's really sad that we live in a country where they have to ask for their lives to matter here. And then what 
you know, I know that black people don't necessarily matter to Trump and Pence. I don't think that Trump's necessarily like a full board KKK racist, but I, I don't think that, that this whole I don't, I don't think the movement or the organization is anything that Trump and Pence care about. So they don't say anything about it. Yeah. Except, you know, and now what Trump did was actually a lot worse by sending federal troops into these things. But, you know, his his response was terrible. And this is going to be one of the things that we talk about. That, that looked like he was inciting a war. Yeah, that's what that looked like. Well, he wanted he, you know what? It looked like he actually wanted to employ martial law so that he could suspend the elections and just I mean, that's you know, I, I, I don't you know, but the thing, I've already eaten my words about how he's not. Uh, fascist dictator. Yeah, he's, I mean, the, he's kind of shown it in the past he, six months, or that, and, and that he would very much like to be one, <laughs> you know. But the reason why I'm actually going after Harris like this is, first of all, she's a woman of color. She does the whole. We believe in, we stand with Black Lives Matter. We believe this. We believe that. And basically, what you're what you're going to do by voting for Biden and Harris is, at the end of the day, when they take over, if they win. In the White House. And the reason why I say Biden and Harris is because there's absolutely no way that Harris wasn't picked for a specific reason. Trump picked Pence for basically Pence was on the ticket because that guaranteed Trump would get the evangelical vote. Oh, that's not why I thought it was. I thought Pence was on the ticket so it would guarantee that Trump wouldn't get assassinated. Oh, I who wants President Pence? Who wants President Pence? That, well, that's, uh, that was legitimately my thought. But Pence was also the one in the Indiana primary who endorsed Ted Cruz. Yeah. He knows that he need. Trump knew that he needed a Ted Cruz kind of person on Yours him. makes way more sense. Yeah. So, I mean, it's because <laughs> Mike Pence actually endorsed Ted Cruz right before the Indiana primary. So, like, there was a purpose to having him, you know, on that ticket and everything. But it's not, they're not coming under the guise of what Biden and Harris are doing and claiming, you know, I mean, their entire body of work and Biden's is even more egregious because it's gone for as long as I've been alive, you know? Oh, right. Cause you get, you get Pence's stances would win over some of the evangelicals that yeah. were still on the fence. Not that they were going to vote for Hillary, but they weren't going to vote for Trump. They might've gone third party. They might've done Rand Paul. They don't might've done one of those Pence, things. Pence kept a lot of the Republican base at home. Exactly. And rightfully so, because in his actions, in what he says, he is by those standards, the upstanding moral Christian citizen. Yes. So that makes sense. It, Harris Makes no sense. It makes no sense because she's none of the things that the that the DNC and the the media that we see. She's none of the things that they make her out to be. There, she's not. And you know what the thing is, is that Biden isn't either. And I mean, I think now it's more to dementia than anything else. I mean, I hate to say that, but he definitely has turned into a senile old man, you know. And I mean, he clearly is not up for the he he if he's not even up for the rigors of her. Now, look at I know this year for the presidential campaign it's different. We have the COVID crap going on, and it's limited people. But at the same time, he's been basically campaigning from his basement of his house. I mean, in a controlled setting, I understand that he can't. You know, that's what really concerns me about him becoming president is that he's not but it's sort of like you're screwed now because who are we going to go you know we're going to put trump back in there again okay whatever so anyways um i wanted i usually take care of my business at the beginning but i really wanted to hop into this right now but you know we appreciate all you guys who stuck around and listened to us we've been getting some good i've been getting some pretty decent feedback we might actually have some exciting news to share in a couple of weeks about 
you know, what we're going to try to do to grow our show's audience and everything like that. Um, if it works out, I really don't want to say anything right now, though, because we haven't got the kinks worked out, and I don't yeah, like yeah. promising people. So we also would like to hear your feedback. So it is charliesangle1776 at gmail.com. Um, you can also shoot us a message on our Facebook page, which is just look for Charlie's Angle. And on that, when we post the show, I will often post a link from a main source, but then usually we'll look out in the comments because I'll promote d different links to different streaming services. You, you can get, just subscribe to it, and then you'll get notified when a new episode is up anyway. Yeah, you will. If you subscribe to it, you'll get that notification and everything. And we are available on just about every podcasting service, streaming service that you can find. Um, so just look for those. But we do put the links up there. You could go to our Anchor page, but I know that most people don't like to click more than once to get to something that they want. Humans are lazy. We, we are, know. We are lazy. But I, you know, that's why we post the links up there. And the other thing that we would really appreciate it is that if you really like it, can you share it? Because we'd like to get more people to take a, a listen here because I think that we're doing a pretty good job, if I do say so myself, of you growing are. artists. You are. You're doing a very good well, job. Well, you too, because I've never, <laughs> I, I've always been the written word guy, not the sp spoken word guy, but this is I just have a radio voice. Yeah. That's all that is. And I have a radio face, so that's... <laughs> um, so anyways, but listen, for Jeff Pitcher, I'm Charlie Crable. This has been a great show. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Hope you guys too. And we will see you guys in a little bit. Thanks.